Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This, 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 is, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 155 of the Fight Disciples podcast. If this is the first time that you've ever stumbled across us, don't forget to subscribe. We're on iTunes. You can also get that iTunes link via our website, fightdisciples.com, where there's loads of other uh, content for you connected to fight sports. Uh, And we're also on all social medias, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I know I've said this quite a lot recently, but it is a new Facebook page. Uh, Make sure you re-like the new page. There's going to be some uh, interviews with Tony Bellew going up this week. We were saving him, obviously, for fight week with Bellew here. But now that that fight is off, seeing as that we still went round to his house and did it at home with Tony Bellew, uh, some of those videos are going to be going on our Facebook page at some point this week. So make sure you like the page in order to see uh, the insides of his house, really. That's basically what it is, and we'll have a bit of a crack uh, with him as well. Um, also, thank you very much to all the people uh, that messaged us uh, last week. I, c- I kind of did a test last week. Right, because yep. Nick went um, away with the family, yeah, uh, and Nick is uh, responsible for the brand spanking new award-winning radio show, mm-hmm. okay, uh, which you can get on a download on Wednesday. It goes out in Liverpool on Tuesday evenings, but if you miss the Tuesday evening live broadcast, you can get it via our website uh, on Wednesdays. Last week, Nick went away, so I was in charge of that show, and I thought, do you know something? I'm going to put a little bit of a test out there. I want to know how many people are chomping at the bit for the Merseyside fight scene. So I didn't put it as a download. We put it out on the radio, but we didn't put it as a download. Jesus Christ, I wish I'd have put it as a download. The amount, of shit, the amount of shit that I got on Wednesday, Thursday morning. Catrol, what what's crack here? I heard the show last night, only caught bits of it. Where's the rest of it? I want to download it this morning. All right, lads, okay, no bother. Uh, the Chief will be back next week, and it will be back for you on Wednesday this morning. what happens, you see, when the Chief leaves the Indians to run the oh, reservation. Mate, Jesus. I just thought I'd test it. All right, lads, it'll be back on for you this week, all right? <laughs> Three shows for you this week. This one that you're listening to, which is catering for the world of boxing, we've obviously got a big one in the world of UFC after the Bisping and UFC 218 coming up this weekend. And Nick will be back hosting the regular Merseyside <laughs> fight scene show. Uh, which you can get on a download on Wednesday morning every single week. I promise we'll never miss another one. <laughs> Bloody hell. Right. Uh, speaking of your holiday, you have a nice little break? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to get away. And even though it was torrential rain, I was. Uh, a lot of people were hitting me as well that, uh, that I was in hiding after me comments about Conor McGregor. Should have been locked up in in Dublin for his antics at Bellator. Um, a lot of people were saying, "Has Nick Pete gone into hiding because the the mm. Conor McGregor fanboys were gunning for me a little bit?" Well, you've said that on here, and you've also said it on your uh, Five Live yeah. podcast. I was in I was in hiding, yeah. So I was in a, I was in a cabin up in the up in the in the Lake District, like Rocky. I can, yeah, literally, it was like Rocky, except instead of snow, it was fucking torrential rain. Oh, cool. But, uh, that's, but a, no, that's a holiday. That yeah, exactly. That's a, br- it is, that's that's a, a British, holiday. British holiday. Exactly. Let's go, Sun Centre. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it was nice. But listen, I learned something there as well. And I don't know whether it's because I'm 40 now, but I learned the saying, it's like riding a bike, Yeah, is complete and utter bollocks. What do you mean? So, I mean, we get there, yeah. And anyone that's been to a centre park, you can, you can get into the car park yeah. early, but you can't actually drive your car onto the grounds until a certain time. So we we parked the like car. A, like a check-in time. Yeah, they, they, they allow the cars to, around the park at certain times so you can get to your lodge and unload or upload, whatever. Yeah. But the rest of the time, it's like bikes and walking only. You know, that's kind of the whole thing behind Centre Park. So we parked the car up and we go, you know what? Let's go and go for a little walk around, find our bearings, find that. our lodge. That's a proper dad thing yeah, to do, isn't, isn't it? it? Let's, Let's get, get our our bearings. bearings. Let's get a bearings. Find out where everything is, you know. <laughs> so we're walking around. We get, we get when we go, right, okay. Tell you what, before we go to what, because we've got the keys to get in the lodge, we just can't bring the car up yet. Okay, 
there's the cycle centre. We've hired bikes for the weekend, me and the missus. So we've got one bike which is pulling like a, 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 a trolley behind that the kids can get can into. Can I just say, I'm just imagining you two wearing matching fleeces. Yeah, oh, the fullest. Wax jackets. Yeah, the full lot. Yeah, the oh, full. for fuck's sake. Uh, the fanny full packs. on. Fanny packs. <laughs> yeah. Everything. Oh, my God. Lonsdale slip-ons. Jesus, the Griswolds have gone on holiday. That's like. exactly what it was like, yeah. <laughs> the, kid, the kids are in snowsuits, Jeez. you know, so they're just like toddling along. None of them like can move. Fish. None of them can move. <laughs> exactly. They're that wrapped up, they it's, can't even it's move. fucking freezing. Dad! Dad, I'm sweating my bollocks off. Please take it off. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. But it was torrential rain. So you're warm, but it's wet. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. So we get to the cycle centre. So we've ordered one mountain bike with this like trolley thing on the back. Like Brilliant. A, this with, is getting even better. <laughs> I hope there's pictures for this. So the two kids can this get week's, in there. This week's episode picture is going to be this picture. I will hunt it down for yeah. you. And then, so that so I'm like, right, okay, there's one bike. The kids can go in there. I thought, right, okay, I'm going to get a mountain bike, like the best. So the guy's like, oh, yeah. I went, well, I want the top of the, what's the, yeah, yeah. What's the most, the biggest, 60, 60 gears, most expensive, yeah. most ja- bejazzled, suspension, the fullet. Yeah, okay, that's this one. It's a premium. Jane's like, do you really need it to pay that much? Yeah, yeah. Of course I do. I might want to go off, off-roading. off I might want to go through the woods. <laughs> I might want to go and do jumps in the morning yeah, for yeah. the, you know. So she's like, whatever. So I said, tell you what then, put a, put a seat on the back of it. Cold case. The little fella wants right, to come right, up right. off-roading with me. So, so, you, the, so you're putting a seat on the back of a Formula One bike. Basically, yeah, yeah, the best on. bike he had. Yeah, yeah, okay. Front back suspension, the mm. lot. Put a kid's seat on the back nice. of it too. So anyway, the guy's fitting this kid's seat and all that. The guy goes, uh, you need helmets? Yeah, yeah, get the kids two helmets. Do you need helmets? Pff, I don't want a fucking helmet. <laughs> what do I look like? Do I look like a helmet? No, I don't need a helmet. So I, I knock back a helmet. So by now, the little fella's like, oh, dad, this is our bike. Dad, this is our bike. I'm getting in. Not a problem, son. So I picks him up, throws him <laughs> in, the, throws him on the back of the bike. <laughs> Then at this stage, literally, he's in now. I've tied him in. He's in this little bucket seat thing, which is on the back, over the back tyre. At this stage, I stepped on the bike and thought, oh, fuck. I haven't ridden a bike in over 20 years. Now, the saying, it's like riding a bike, went through my mind. Yeah, yeah. It's like riding a bike. You haven't ridden a bike for 20 years? I don't think I've ridden a bike since I was in my late, in, in, in my early 20s. At the, maybe even less. Since I passed my driving test, why wow. would you want to ride a bike again? For fitness or getting out on the streets? <laughs> Not a, have you ever been on one of them like sta- stationary ones in the in the gym? Like, well, a- I've been on one of them in the gym. The fucking thing doesn't. You don't need to have your balance on that, do you? Because it's right. stationary. All right. So on. anyway, I get on the bike. Yeah, yeah. Split second. Please tell me it toppled. Please now I'm like, tell me you're fuck. one of them knobs that just uh, toppled the bike. So I'm right. And have you ever been there? Obviously, it's a bike park. So there's just thousands of bikes lined up like dominoes. So I'm like, right. You all right? Are you going to look at Jane's like, yeah, yeah, I'll put it in here. I'll follow you. Right, okay, yeah. No, you ready, mate? Yes, Dad. So I pulls the pedal to the top, goes, pushes down once, takes me balance, takes me weight up onto the bike, moves, I'd say, a metre. Wobble, the steering wheel goes on me. Like, the, I don't know what was wrong. The steering wheel <laughs> what went. What was wrong with him and his tools? <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with the bike. Plows into this bike. Fucking Next thing you know, about 20 bikes go. <laughs> Little fellow on the back going, Dad, Dad. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So I just said, and, I, well, well, and the guy's looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, you know what? Because of the something rain, wrong with this. because I'm with steering here, man. Because because the rain out there probably probably best we put the little fella in the in the bucket seat thing. Yeah, yeah. So Jane's going what? And I'm yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because I'm thinking it's counterbalancing me weight. That's what it is. He's he's right, throwing yeah. me weight. You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not used to it. And he's throwing, so I'll take some out. And he's like, Dad, I want to go on our bike. No, no, you go in that one for now. You go on my bike tomorrow. Gets back on. Right, are you okay? You sort of there. So I'm thinking, right, while she's tying him in, I'll sneakily do a lap of the cycle, like, yeah, yeah. park. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll be like, yeah, yeah, come on, babe, let's go. You're following Dad. I'm so... Gets back on. Fucking two more. So then I'm, I'm up now. I'm, but the steering's everywhere. And my arms are fucking going like I've, I've got the shakes. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? I'm just riding a bike. So I thought, right, get a bit of speed and I'll be all right. So I'll get a bit of speed going. As it does, as I get going, so I've done like three or four full cycles now, and a turn like that, the fucking steering just went again. The front wheel starts sliding away, and I'm now I'm now like within six feet of where I started, but I've lost control of the bike again. 
Honestly, the saying, can you, you, you know, it's like riding a bike is bollocks. So in the end, anyway. Did you check the bike? Was the bike okay? The bike was fine. So in the end, I get off the bike. I said, right, tell you what, Jane hadn't seen all this. I said, right, tell you what. I'll walk. <laughs> get the kids out and walking. So I said to Jane, right, I'll tell you what, you, I don't trust you pulling the kids. So you, you ride my big bike. And she's like, it's too big for me. I can't get on. Just get on it. You'll be fine. Lower the seat. So I get to the kids and I thought, right, okay, the kids now, because I'm pulling a cart and it's got like four wheels or whatever, I don't have to balance anymore because it's balancing it for me, you know? So I've cracked it here, I've cracked it. Jane gets on this big bike. She can only just reel with, reach the pedals. She's all wobbly going out the door. Kids are in, yep, sound. Okay, cheers, mate. The fella's thinking, this fucking clown. So then I'm starting pedaling and thinking, I've cracked it now, sound. Kids, this is balancing me. I'm not trying, I haven't got to balance the bike myself. And then as I leave the cycle centre, don't realise how wide the cart is. Clips the fucking door. The kids nearly bounced out the cart. I was like, oh my God. The baby's like, hey, I want to get out. <laughs> so then we finally, we, we're now in the rain, in the pitch black, going through Centre Park. So this sounds an amazing holiday. It was horrific. It sounds an amazing it, trip. It, honestly, I said to Jane afterwards, it's something about us when we arrive at places, we should just go and hide. So we do this all the time. Whenever we go on holiday, the first 24 hours is fucking mental. On our, on our honeymoon, we flew into Bangkok, we landed at the airport, we went down the escalator, and there's a million taxis outside, yet some... Mad woman I met on the escalator was going, taxi, you need taxi? You need... I went, yeah, yeah, okay, love, we'll get in your taxi. We went to this... She went to a car in a car park which wasn't even like labelled up as a taxi and she drove us to some back street and parked up and we were sat in this car in the middle of Bangkok in the back street with all these fellas like just drinking beer, all these weird ties. There was no lights. And I was like, what the fuck? I, was, I literally thought... That's it. One of us is getting done here. I'm going to have to take one for the team, protect me new wife, you know. I'll have to take one for the team. I thought you were going to say, and it ain't going to be me. <laughs> but that's what we do. And Anyway, it took us 20 minutes of riding around in a pitch black rain, wobbling, crashing into people, all that stuff. We finally found our lodge. We parked up the bikes, stayed for four days. On the last day, I took the bike back. <laughs> Didn't ride it again. Fucking move it. <laughs> and walked it back. Yeah, exactly. There's something wrong with that, mate. Yeah, yeah, you want to check that. Jesus, never again. It's like riding a bike, they say. Load of fucking bollocks. Well, it was like riding a bike for uh, Sergei Kovalev at the weekend. Well, yes, great. No, nice link. Mm. Nice feed. Well, for those that are tuning in, thinking to yourself, have I, tour have I downloaded the Tour de France uh, podcast? No, no, no. Oh, it is Fight Disciples, yeah. We do talk about fight sports. This one is dedicated to Will of Boxing. And it was like what, riding a bike for Sergei Kovalev at the weekend. Okay. Shabransky sounds more like a fucking horse that you would back in the Grand National. Yep. And to be fair, turned up like a horse that would uh, you back in the Grand National. You had a haircut like a horse from the Grand National, Jeez. yeah. However, you can only beat what's in front of you. And... Sergey Kovlev looked pissed off. Yeah. When he got to the ring, it was like, I don't, I'm not messing about here now. This is this is my world title. I'm gonna get this world title and then I'm gonna absolutely attempt to mow down the whole of this light heavyweight uh, division. It was good to see because I'll be honest with you, second fight, especially with Andre Ward, I thought to myself, No, Sergey, I built you up to this super god of absolutely yep. crushing uh, demons in front of you. And you shat it. You shat out against Andre Ward. Yeah. Maybe the performance that I saw at the weekend just confirms how good Andre Ward is. Just yeah. if, if you ever needed that confirmation. Maybe. Everybody knows that. But he got his mojo back at the weekend, did uh, Sergey Kovalev. And he went through him like a dose of salts. He did, yeah. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And um, <clears throat> as you say, it was good to see him back at his very best. He had like a... I bet he's good on the bike. I bet he is good on the bike. Yeah, he cheated death, didn't he, in that car accident that yeah, yeah. he had. So uh, and he said he was switched on and he was... He was uh, back, back in as, at his very best again. You know, I, I thought Shabransky fought completely the wrong fight, if I'm honest. But then again, Shabransky's a bit of a puncher. So I think you see him get stopped by Andre Ward in his last fight. And you think, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to take it to him. Worst thing you can do against someone like Kovalev. I thought he was the ultimate opponent for you know putting Kovalev back on the map, if you like. Amazing weight class this, though, isn't it? Amazing. Oh, it's this an amazing weight division. class. It kind of reminds me of the cruiserweights at the moment. Not too many household names, maybe only two or one or two. Shitload of killers, though. But a oh, shitload of killers. Like, unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. Oh, hopefully, if we can get the light heavyweight World Boxing Super Series next season, so you've got Kovalev, uh, Better Biev, Barrera, Bivol, Gavodsky, Bivol, Badu Jack, Alvarez. Mm. And that's without even throwing in Adonis Stevenson in the mix. Mm. And you know what? A guy you were chatting to at the weekend, Anthony. Fucking Anthony. Well, I've got some on that in a minute. Wee! 
before, before I get down to the yard, right? Be nice um, to have a little bread of British in there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, can I just, um, just uh, maybe, just I just want to shed a little bit of light on this because it's it's not just an isolated incident. There's not just one person doing this. There's several people now tweeting me this. I don't know whether they picked up on the original tweet, uh, but a lot of people are giving it me. Every time I pause for a picture with either a fighter or yourself or something to do with this show. Yeah, yeah. People um, say, oh, that's brilliant. Fight Disciples have got Kovalev on this week. <laughs> no, you fucking, you little shitbags, right? Do you re- Honestly, can you see it? Can you see the Kovalev resemblance? It's the same hair. Or lack of. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. We're all, it's all party around the sides and there's not much going on on top. That's basically where we're at, Wait, me, I, me and Sergey. I'd take uh, Kovalev all day. Would you? Yeah. All right. It's a decent compliment. All right, I'll take that. I'll take Sergei Kovlev. Now yeah. that he's winning again, I'll take yeah. that all day long. Hey, I, listen, you know, I get, I've, I've got it for the last 10 years. I get Paul Smith yeah, everywhere yeah. I go. That's basically what this show is. For, Paul, those, for those that just listen to us and don't actually know what we look like, this is Paul Smith and Sergei Kovlev's podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Listen, I'll take that all day as well. I say that to my wife all the time. Paul Smith's fucking far better looking than I am, so <laughs> take that as a win. I feel for Paul Smith, unfortunately. Regardless, <laughs> <laughs> Regarding Sergei, uh, because now he is the WBO light heavyweight champion, regaining that belt, I'm just having a look down at the possibilities of mandatory uh, situ- uh, situations. Because you've just mentioned a World Boxing Super Series possibility. Please. Um, um, and obviously unifications and various things like that. But the WBO will probably chuck a mandatory his way at some point, right? So check this out. The number one is his best mate. The number two was Sergei. So now he's the champion. Mm-hmm. The number three has already turned him down. So guess who now the number four is? Go on. Anthony Yard. Wow, sensational. Isn't it? Because he won a version of the WBO. Yeah, yeah, Euro- yeah. WBO Europe. Shabransky was ranked number 10 at the Fuck weekend. Hell. Anthony Yard was five. Now, with obviously Kovalev winning and moving up, he'll be at number four. Yeah. Number four. What WB- did Anthony say when you talked to him about it? We weekend? had a crack. Would, you, was he be, would he be into it? Or? Uh, it's a bit early, I suppose. Well, let's put it this way, right? I had, a crack, I had a, a crack with Anthony about several things, mainly Jose Burton. Mm-hmm. And we had a chat about Frank Bullione. Callum Johnson, right? We had a little bit of a chat with that. And as I anticipated him to say as the fighter, listen, I'll have a knock with anybody. I don't give a shit. I'll have a knock with anybody. But he has to be advised. He's a young lad. He hasn't got that much of an amateur pedigree. He's learning on the game in the professional ranks. I've said on this show on several occasions that I think he's the most dangerous light heavyweight in the country. Yeah. Um, And it was nice to be in his presence just to look into his eyes and say, listen, he's a fighting kid. He's from the East End of London. He grew up around gangs. He ain't no mug. He knows what he's doing. But... It's a business at the end of the day, and you've got to be able to be pointed into a certain direction. Frank's obviously attempting to do that. Now, yeah. we can have our opinions of whether he should have fought Jose Burton or not. Yeah. I think we both agree that he should have done. However, that never uh, materialised because Frank's advised him to go down a different route. Now, that different route has got him now number four ranked mm-hmm. with the WBO. Yeah. And if, we're, if the WBO do call a mandatory situation... I would anticipate his mate, who um, uh, uh, is the number one contender, would turn it down. The guy is in at number three, by the way, is the WBA mandatory. So he'll clear off and go and do WBA, which then just leaves Anthony Yard. Anthony Yard's next in line. With all that said and done, within a year, Anthony Yard could be facing Sergei Kovalev for the WBO light heavyweight championship of the world. Yeah, that's incredible. And uh, for me right now, obviously, I think Anthony Yard, I, I don't think we'll see him at this level for two or three two years maybe uh, I think Frank yes as, as British fight fans we Gvodic. like to see best in Britain Gvodic 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 yeah my pronunciation I apologise he's, he's his mate um, then you've got Barrera who is now the WBA Alexander. mandatory Alexander Gvodnik there you go WBA mandatory is Barrera yeah um, and then Brown's already turned him down. Now you've got Yard next in next in line. So therefore, so Yard could be off. the one that gets the call. He's got a, you know his undefeated record would certainly be attractive to a to a to Kovalev's team. Uh, I, I can't see Frank letting that happen in 20, 2018. I think no, he's it, early, man. He's it, only had thirteen fights. Exactly, it's it's way too. And he soon only had thirteen that. amateur fights. Exactly. So once we get, I think we, we there's two more years on Anthony Yard. Uh, but in terms of the World Boxing Super Series, you just never know because it's such a interesting tournaments it brings and they love as we know they love the having the world champions in there but they love having undefeated fighters in there as the super middleweight tournaments just shown us so uh, and the cruiserweight tournament which we're right in the middle of right now so i think yard will definitely get a call about being in a potential world boxing super series but when you look at the better bfs the Barreras, the Gavotskis, the kovalevs the badu jackson the stevensons of this world you think he doesn't need any fucking piece of that mm. but from his point of view 
amazing that they're all going to go at it and knock seven kinds of shite out of each other because then that will then that will probably take us through till next spring mm. if they sign up for it this summer, which hopefully they will. Because again, why I think light heavyweight's the obvious solution for the Sowlands for the next episode is, as we've just said, there's a lot of killers in there, but not a lot of names. Mm. Kovalev. It was very similar to where Stevenson. the market did the cruiserweight. Well, exactly. A Kovalev, Stevenson, and Badu Jack. You could probably argue in names. And I'm you know, being slightly biased there from a European perspective because they're fighters we're aware of. But even from you know the rest of them, there are a lot of Eastern Europeans in there which won't be familiar too, too much with the American audience. But I think light heavyweight and featherweight, they're the, aren't they the golden divisions for yeah, 2017, yeah, yeah. 2018 yeah. World Boxing Super Series? 100%, yeah. Fucking hell, that would be two incredible tournaments. But I say you get eight of them signed up in the summer, so that ties them in till spring of 2019, which could be perfect for Anthony Yard's development because all these guys that are real big threats are tied up, mm. which frees Frank to negotiate his career. And as we know, listen... For all the knocks he's taken over the years, Frank Warren is a fucking master at building careers. Two examples, Joe Calzaghe and Ricky Hatton, mm. look, and Prince Nazim. Look what he did there with those guys, three of the greatest British boxers of all time. Yes, when you look into the records, they had a two or three year spell where they fought it's the top padded. of Pudwills of this yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's life. That's that's what Frank's great at. He knows the business inside and out. I think Anthony Yard could be on a, a similar steer. It, it's not... Well, Selby, Selby's on that steer now, isn't it? Of course he is, yeah. But, but I think Selby now, as a world champion, was starting to go, okay, get a defining fight now. Get it. He needs that in 2018. He's three years ahead of Anthony Yard. Yeah. Anthony Yard is on the same path. We ain't going to see him in a world title fight for two years, but when he gets there, he will have, have had the experience and, and we'll know he's got the ability. It's different with Eddie. Eddie's got a different type of stable. Eddie's got a lot of Olympians, a lot of guys with a shitload of amateur international experience and medals around their necks. These guys don't need two or three years of Tucker Pudwills. You know, Nazim... Calzaghe and Ricky Hatton, they weren't Olympians. They weren't world champions in the amateur weight class. Their careers needed to build, built in the pro game. Eddie's got a lot of kids that don't need. It's more like a Lomachenko, Paddy Barnes fast track. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The, the Anthony Fowlers of this world doesn't need two years of fucking guiding them through uh, international competition. He needs just to step up inside the next two or three years to a world title fight. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. Speaking on uh, featherweights, did you see all that uh, crack yesterday regarding Frampton and Cyclone? Yep. Oof, Very messy. Well, I knew it was going to get messy, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, it's a legal matter now, so therefore we can't go too much into it. But for those that don't know, Cyclone have lodged legal proceedings against Carl Frampton and uh, Frampton's uh, counterclaimed against them. Yeah. So therefore, that is going to get messy um, and a lot of uh, dirty laundry is going to get well, I, in public. To be honest, because it had gone a couple of weeks, I thought, you know what? Kind of respect to both teams for going... Just leave it. Something's happened. Let's not let the world know. Let's not wash our dirty linen in public. But unfortunately, by doing this, we're going to get to know exactly what the fuck's gone on. And, you know, all our fears or whatever. And it won't be good for anyone. I bet you everyone comes out of it looking a little bit shitty. Mm. And that's not a good thing. They'd have been better off just going, listen, fair enough. You go your way, we'll go ours. Mm. Um, did you also see that uh, Manuel Char and Ustinov had a little bit of a ding-dong at the weekend for the WBA regular heavyweight world title? Chog on... I thought that we were done with this type of stuff. I thought that the, when we just got AJ's WBA Super, we might be able to get away with, well, there's no point in having a WBA yep. uh, regular heavyweight belt. What is the point of all that? The best thing about this whole situation was, uh, by the way, Char won this fight. Um, the best thing about it was, is that the WBA only announced three hours before the fight that it was for the WBA, uh, WBA regular belt. The winner, uh, it's ridiculous, right? This is, this is, nobody was watching this fight. The arena was empty. So much so that Ustinov turned up for the fight without his gloves. He turned up without his gloves, right? He needed to borrow a set of gloves. The first set of gloves that he was offered uh, were pink. So he threw his toys out the pram and threatened to call the fight off. Then Manuel Char offered him a, his spur set of gloves. So he fought in Manuel Char's spur gloves at the weekend. Char beats him. Uh, and becomes the WBA regular heavyweight champion. The winner of that is going to fight Freza Quendo. Jesus Christ. But this it gets worse, because the winner of that will then become the WBA mandatory to fight Anthony Joshua. What the fuck? 
I thought the WBA were trying to get rid of these they are. super belts and normal They are, belts. right? So they've, they've made all this noise, right, of uh, the WBA regarding uh, the belts, super belts, regular belts, because we have complained on this show on many occasions. Yeah. And we're not the only uh, media outlet to be absolutely going bonkers with the amounts of belts uh, that are currently uh, listed by the uh, WBA. For example, eight weights with one WBA title, right? And this is what we want. One eight WBA. world champions. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's all it. You, that's all we need. So we've got eight weights with one WBA title. Light heavy, light welter, light super feather, super fly, fly, light fly, and minimum, right? So they're all the ones with one WBA champion. Well yeah. done them. However, they've still got nine with two or even three WBA titles. Heavy, cruiser, uh, super middle, middle, super welter, welter, feather, super bantam, and bantam. And no disrespect to uh, the categories that I said a little earlier on, but the ones that I've just mentioned, your heavies, your cruisers, uh, super middle, middle, super welter, welter, feather, super bantam, and bantam, they're the main bloody ones. They're the ones that everybody's asked about. So come on, man. Give us one champion in all those divisions. It's ridiculous that they even... When they had an opportunity to eradicate one of the divisions, the heavyweight division, they decided to just sanction that at the weekend in order to shoehorn one of these lads an opportunity with Anthony Joshua. That's what it is. And it's all about dollar because everybody knows that once you've got a title on there and the WBA is sanctioning it, somebody somewhere is getting paid, getting yeah. their greasy palm laced. Exactly. To be honest, the only reason I paid any kind of remote attention to that card whatsoever, it was in Germany, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, was the fact that Sam Maxwell, who we had on our Radio City talk show just three weeks ago, uh, fought on there and extended his unbeaten run with a, with a stoppage. Mm. If anyone wants to see it, check out uh, our social media and there's some footage on there of Sam. I think he dropped the lad about four or five times en route to a stoppage win. That was the only reason I paid any attention. I don't give a fuck about these WBA uh, heavyweight belts because there's only one WBA champion right now and his, t- his name is Anthony Joshua. Guess who's pushing for um, uh, Manuel Char? Tyson Fury. Yeah. Well, Tyson's got a fight. Makes sense, doesn't it? Tyson's got a fight. Uh, well, we'll get to him in a minute. Tyson's got a fight. We will get to that in a minute. Bias. All right. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. But Tyson is pushing for the Stavros Char. Stavros Flatley has got a fight. <laughs> Never worry about Manuel Char. Here we go. All right, then. Let's get stuck into him now, right? Because Tyson, I spoke to Tyson at the weekend. He was in great spirits. Um, really nice, really relaxed. Talked about the whole heavyweight division. Talked about all sorts of stuff going on in his own personal life with, with the change of his voice, even down to a blood clot on the back of his throat after getting punched in the neck a couple of nice. uh, years ago. Um, but he signed to uh, MTK. Great. Now that for me, that just, was the green flag. That was the green flag for me. Yeah. As soon as you you're signing a deal with Matthew Macklin, you think to yourself, "Hey, up, we're on here." Yeah. Because you know, I think a lot of people would expect him to sign with what with either Frank Warren or Eddie or, or Macklin. You know, it was management deal. You sign with Macklin. You sign with MTK. The great thing is it means you can work with anybody. It means that you can negotiate to go on any platform and anything else. So that was the great thing by not necessarily committing to a promotional deal, but getting an independent management deal like that. NCK works with everybody. And as soon as that happened, that's when the Tony Bellew story arrived then, because that's when Tony Bellew went. Because Tony Bellew, because of past history, will not work in association with Frank Warren. Um, so as soon as it was MTK, it was like, right, okay, this can happen on Sky Sports. This can go to box office. And that's when he's seen him, uh, you know, obviously Bellew was on Soccer AM on Saturday morning, calling out Stavros flatly, saying the fight's right here. Fury's come back saying exactly Can the I same just point thing. out, Tony, listen, I know that where you got that from, yeah. all right? I know where you got the Stavros flatly from. He knows because he retweeted it. Yes, I know he did, right? Give us the fucking credit on national telly, man. That's all I'm asking for, bro. Yeah? Just say, just say it. That's all you need to do. Fight disciples. Put them on your lips, baby, and let the world know. But fair play, mate. He went in, didn't he? He went yeah. in on Saturday morning. That's what you got to do. Exactly. Listen, this is what Bellew's been criticised for, but it was one of the best of you know in British boxing, and that's guiding his own career he does, he's said it before doesn't need Eddie Hearn doesn't need a manager doesn't he because he chooses his next fight he decides where his career goes next and it was good that he kind of said you know what I ain't fucking sitting around waiting for David Hay to grow a set of balls and let's be honest if there's two men on the planet oh, right now that would want to stitch David Hay up exactly. for pulling out on fights on him the two of them 
Exactly. Tony Bellew, Tyson Fury. Exactly. He's did it to Fury twice. And as we said on the show here, there was no way the rematch was going to happen because we knew Hay would pull out. And I think if they moved it to March and, and Bellew did actually go, oh, okay, then I'll wait till March, he'd have fucking pull out again. He doesn't want to fight Tony The fight's Bellew. not happening. The David Hay fight's fight. not happening. No chance. For anybody listening to the show right now, get that out of your head. Yeah. That fight is not going to happen. No. Bellew will find something in the interim in order to sidestep it. Even yeah. if David Hay's fit, which I doubt that he is. No. And Tyson Fury could be the one. Yeah, I think Tyson Fury 100% makes sense. I think as a, as the build-up, right here, right now, I will say Tyson Fury, Bellew is going to happen. It's going to happen at first half of 2018 because the two of them know how to sell a fight. The two of them know how to get inside fighters' heads psychologically. You know, Tony Bellew destroyed David Hay mentally in the build-up to that fight. He mentally destroyed him. It, we, we were at home with him. We're going to put these videos out later in the week, but Bellew was telling us that he's in his head. He knows how to get inside David Hay's head, and he was super confident winning the second fight anyway. Different animal Tyson Fury, though, man. But then... Fury did exactly the same thing to Klitschko. Fury beat Klitschko in the head before he got in the ring. Yeah, he yeah. fucking destroyed Can him. Can you imagine these two, though? Rocking up as Batman at the press conference when Klitschko has had 10 years as world champion, 10 years of contenders coming in and going, respect everything he's done, I'm going to try my best and blah, blah, blah. He's waiting for... Fury, first of all, makes him wait. <laughs> and then when he does turn up, he comes in dressed as Batman and starts fucking fighting with his with his mate who's dressed as the Joker. No respect given whatsoever to Klitschko as Reign, as legacy. And that fucked with Klitschko's mind. He, he didn't know what he was going to do next. And Bellew's exactly the same. Hey, would say constantly, I don't, Bellew's unpredictable. I, I don't know what he's going to do. And Bellew goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm crazy. <laughs> and that shit would get in David Hayes' mind because he, he likes to be in control. Klitschko likes to be in control. Both these guys fucked them up mentally and I think these guys match together oh. mate listen they did a Mayweather McGregor whale tour to sell that fight I think and I hope Eddie Hearn's listening we need a Tyson Fury Tony Bellew UK tour to sell this fight they need to do at least four cities where they do a press conference full it and just go the fuck at it because their selling point is going to be the two of these two and I think this is worth more money than David Hay. I, do. I truly do. Of course it is. He's the lineal champion. He's never lost the belt. It's Tyson's comeback. He's never lost the belt. This is the guy that, you know, uh, that took all the belts from Klitschko. He's been suspended since. Suspended, really, for nothing. He hasn't been found guilty of anything yet. Let's no, not no. get away from no, that. No. This is his comeback fight. He's taking fight, taking a much smaller... It's a risky fight for both of them. It's risky because if Tyson loses, people go, fucking hell, he's lost to a blown-up cruiserweight. And Bellew will let him know about that in the build-up, by the way. And if Bellew... Listen, Bellew's fighting a fucking monster. Like, there's no denying Tyson Fury's a fully-fledged heavyweight. There's no denying that Tyson Fury, on his day, he's probably the best, best heavyweight on the, the planet. Be- there's no question for me about best that. Best heavyweight on the planet. Mm. So, so to bell you to beat him, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? Then we start going, oh shit, okay. Well, you're, you're going to fight AJ? Well, you only lose the lineal belt in the ring. Of course. So, so effectively, so it's Bellew, for the unified heavyweight so championship so of the world. So bell you will have the Rocky belt. Exactly. Fucking hell. Get that bronze statue ordered, Sunshine. It's just mental. And I think that that for me as well, just from a Bellew perspective, and you know I'm biased towards Bellew, but I love them both. Me I too. absolutely I love genuinely them both. I didn't get t- when when Tyson Fury first broke through, I didn't get it. And I don't you know, looking back now I'm embarrassed because he's like, he's a dick, he's a dick. Yet by the same tone, I'd be defending Tony Bellew to people that said the same thing about Bellew going, I but you don't know him, you don't know him. Yeah. And then one day I woke up and thought, wait a minute, why, why am I calling Tyson Fury a dick? I've met him and he's a really nice bloke. He's a top guy, yeah. Just because his persona is a bit of a dick. But Bellew's persona, people perceive that as being a bit of a dick. And from that day forward, I was like, I love Tyson Fury, I get it, he gets it. Ty- what people don't understand is Tyson Fury and Tony Bellew get professional boxing entertainment, far more than most yeah. boxers do. It's entertainment business. People either love you or hate you. The same fucking group of people, whether they want to see you get knocked out or win by knockout, they're still buying a ticket, they're still paying for the pay-per-view, and they get that more than anything. I think the build-up to a Tyson Fury, Tony Bellew super fight would be fucking massive. We're talking potential stadium, at least the O2 in London. Mm. We're talking Anthony Joshua ringside. You know, for if Fury wins, obviously it's a perfect match, uh, but he'll be bit probably with a Bomber Bellew t-shirt on because they're good pals. It's got everything. It's got everything about it. UK Air Day hearing is in December. Um, Tyson was telling me at the weekend, by the way, that on the judging panel is a guy that is very, very pro UK Air Day. 
which might not bode well for Tyson, but hopefully it's an independent. People yeah. judge it as uh, they see it. They, right here, right now, I don't give a fuck whether they find him guilty or not because he's been out for two years, so surely a suspension is done now anyway. Hmm. They can't suspend them for more than two years. Even if they find him guilty, and what was it, elevated testosterone yeah, levels yeah, yeah. prior to Klitschko? Yeah, yeah. It's not really a two-year ban, it's a one-year ban. Mm. So effectively, it doesn't. December, for me, is just a, a tick of a box. Whether they go guilty or not guilty, it doesn't matter. He's, he's available to fight again from January, surely. There you go. We'll keep you up to date with it. I've no doubt Tony will be on. Uh, well, well, he's having Christmas off. Yeah. New Year, I'm sure he'll have oh, something for us. Mental. The two, um, the two self-proclaimed fat boys of British boxing. I love it. <laughs> it's, listen, it's making me smile just thinking about the, the fucking antics the two of them will get up to. Mm. How can you not... And, and listen, regardless of it all as well, uh, regardless of how they sell a fight and the fact that they get it and everything else and all the pantomime that can and will go on around it, at the end of the day, the two of them are just fighting men. And when the bell goes, it will be a hey, fight. So. It will be a fight. And it's a flip-flop. I think it's a flip-flop from, from Hay. Hay's super dangerous for four rounds, but after four rounds, he's finished. Yeah, Bell, you it's the other way that. around. This time, it's the other way around. Bell, you's dangerous Bell, you's super rounds. dangerous for four or five rounds, but then when Tyson's big, heavy frame starts wearing them down, then obviously Tyson becomes a completely different animal, and Bell, you's on a bit of a hiding to nothing down the stretch. It's a flip-flop, completely flip-flop, and that's it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, and anyone that doesn't get behind this fight, man, fuck off. Stop listening to us. <laughs> we want Fury Bell, you in 2018. Don't tell people to stop listening to us, man. We've got good momentum. <laughs> you clown. Uh, listen, on the matters elsewhere, uh, they do, still on the WBO, by the way, that they've made um, uh, Canelo the number one ranked middleweight, which kind of puts him in a mandatory situation for Billy Joe Saunders, David Lemieux, which is happening on December the 16th. They're excited about that fight. I genuinely believe, even though Lemieux's got a boatload of power and he's extremely dangerous, it's a great test for Billy Joe Saunders. I think Billy Joe's better when people are coming on to him rather yeah. than him, him having to chase a fight. He won't have to go looking for David Lemieux on, De- uh, on December the 16th. Yes, it's abroad. Yes, it's in his in Lemieux's back garden and all yeah. this type of stuff. But I think it suits Billy Joe. He's a better boxer, in my opinion. And I think he'll come through that fight just, which then sets up an unbelievable fight with Canelo, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Not, not good for those that want to see a Triple G well, rematch. I, I think the Triple G rematch will get made, to be honest with you. I can't see Canelo... Um sidestepping that because there's still so many question marks around that fight and that performance um, I think it's tough for Billy Joe do you, uh, know, do you I, not, think, I think Lamo will probably, probably think, get the win you here. think the other way around do you? yeah I think Lamo probably gets the win Cause, just because it's in Canada I think Billy Joe might get caught I think Lamo on his day can punch as well, well he can knock out uh, and I think Billy Joe might have to get off the floor I think Billy Joe gets off the floor to win if it's in UK but I think you don't get off the floor to win in Canada in Lamont's, you know, in Lamont's uh, hometown, if you like, or you know, certainly in his home nation. So mm. I think Billy Joe probably going to lose his belt, unfortunately. Uh, Cotto, ho- well, I say hopefully. I'm saying hopefully for Liam Smith, right? Yeah. But Cotto is due to retire after this fight at the weekend. We're going to get into the fight itself with Saddam Ali in a minute, all right? Um, but if that does happen, it's looking likely that the WBO will order Liam Smith and Kerbanov. Uh, providing Kerbanov wins on December the 15th. I think he's fighting on that Friday night. Yep. Um, if both of those... Well, if Kerbanov comes through his fight, yep. then in the new year, uh, Beefy will be fighting for the, for title, the, that belt. He, for, for the title that he lost yeah. uh, to uh, Canelo uh, last year. Yeah, great, brilliant. Uh, as you say, it'd be fantastic if Cotto turned around at the weekend and said, I'm going to give it one more. Uh, I'm going nowhere. Uh, but I can't see it. He, I doesn't, think... he doesn't speak English. What, what, what's the what's the Puerto Rican version of I'm going <laughs> I don't, nowhere? I don't know. <laughs> me stay, me stay. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking it's just, just very poor, very poor. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I wish I was in New York. Like, uh, if I could be in New York at any time, it would have been the last. They, they, we're in the middle now of these three weeks. Kovalev last week. Mm. Uh, you know, we've got Cotto this weekend, and, and then, then we've got, got we've got poetry in motion the week after. Mm. Um, so that that would have been sensational to do that as a triple header, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think... Did you know, by the way, and we'll get on to this next week, yeah. that Lomachenko and uh, Rigondeau yeah. isn't in the Garden Arena? Is it not? It's in the smaller one. Wow. It's in the smaller arena. The Rigondeau effect. Telling you, man, it's the Rigondo effect. Anyway, Karen's no interested in fighting Rigondo. Carry on. Anyway, Cotto this weekend, yeah, let's let's be honest, you know, Ali's been handpicked for this fight. Um, I think Cotto ends in spectacular fashion. Um, I think he'd probably get a... I'd even back Cotto to get a finish here um, and, and to ride off into the sunset with that WBO belt. And what that means for his legacy, I, you know, 
does it add to his legacy? Of course it doesn't. Yes, it's another world title belt and everything else, but I think he goes down already in history as a as a Hall of oh, Fame fighter. Mega Hall of any question. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's funny, you know, we've got Cotto going out this weekend and, you know, people are talking about, you know, legit Hall of Fame and everything else, but last weekend as well, went under most people's radars. Did you see the little tie? Minimum weight WBC champion defended his belt yet again. So there's a little Thai fighter um, who went 49 and 0 at the weekend. Uh, his name, give me a second there. Go for it. Manheng Menayothan. Nice. Okay. So he's he went 49 and 0 at the weekend. He's the WBC minimum weight champion, which means I think he's seven stone or seven and a half stone. Ridiculous, mate. Which, you know, I, I, I dropped a shit before we came into the studio. Probably wasn't too far off seven yeah. half stone. I'll be honest with you. Mm. Um, Touch the rim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a rim toucher. Um, but again, so where does this guy? Like people are saying at the weekend. You know, I'd seen one headline saying this guy's after Mayweather's record. Okay, so where do we rank this guy then? The, you know, the, a guy that most fight fans have never even fucking heard of. He goes forty nine and zero at the weekend. He's the WBC minimum weight champion. Has been for quite a few defenses now. I think this was his fifth or sixth defense. He's obviously riding towards his fiftieth pro win in two thousand eighteen. He'll probably surpass that. You know, he might even get to Chavez eighty odd numbers. Do you know what I mean? He, but where does this guy? kind of rank will this guy ever make it into the boxing hall of fame should he ever get in the boxing hall yeah, of fame yeah i think he should because i don't think he should be discriminated against with weight that you fight but at. then if you look at look at his record from last year alone you know one of the one of the wins he had this is he doesn't just defend his wbc belt he has like six and eight rounders against guys who have lost 40 fights and shit like that mm. so that and the, the problem is it's the pool he, he hasn't course, got yeah. the pool depth and you know i haven't examined his record too much and he pro- I probably should before I make, I make this comment but I don't think he's fought outside of Asia outside of Japan or Thailand and because basically there ain't, there ain't many men walking the planet that way seven half stone no. that uh, that can that have got a pool you know what I mean that that have got a, a pool to fight in you wouldn't get a minimum weight fighter in the UK because no one from the box yeah. you know we the lightest we kind of go is flyweight we don't really have anyone smaller than flyweight similar in America I think there is Obviously, there's a light fly, there's a store weight, and there's a minimum weight division as well. They might is that an atom weight? I'm not even sure. But they they're mostly contested by Mexicans, and then when you get this small, it's Asians basically. But you know, where will he so go down it, in history? So, yeah. You know so what I mean? you're saying so, is, where does he rank on the world scale? If you're exactly. only fighting in your own backyard, as I say, there was a headline this week. This is the guy after Mayweather's a record, and I know that was a bit of clickbait. Don't get me wrong, but. The, the fight fans even, do we give a fuck about these little Asian guys? No, that's what I was going to say. 50 and all? That was going to say. You, we can't discriminate against him because of, one, the level of talent that's up against him, and two, uh, the weight that he fights at. We can't discriminate against that. It's a great achievement no matter what. However, fight as we've discussed on this on many, many occasions, the heavier the boys, the more interest that we have. It's as simple as that. I mean, super middleweight is probably the most interesting for a lot of people because... That's where we see ourselves. I'm guessing the average man walks around at about 12, 12 and a half stone, maybe a little bit heavier than that. No yep. disrespect to anybody listening to the show that is heavier than that. But that's where the average guy is at. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're all fascinated with heavyweights because we class them as superhuman. Yep. So that's where all the attention's at. And as we go down the weight categories, the attention is taken off a lot of these lads. Okay, you get down to welter. There's still interest because of the supreme talent that's there. Yep. But as you just mentioned, there, you go down to your flyweight, even your flyweights. Now, you look at them and you think to yourself... Am I really that bothered about what Cal Yafai's doing? No disrespect. I think mm-hmm. he's brilliant, but am I really that bothered? I'm, if there was two fights on, a flyweight and, again, a super middleweight, I'm probably going to watch the super middleweight fight because it's, for me, more believable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's the issue that the, these guys... Little, this guy, incidentally, is known as the Thailand Dwarf Giant. It's the <laughs> translation of his nickname, the Thailand Dwarf Giant. Nice. I think the big issue here, if anyone that knows much about these weight classes, and I, listen, I'm not going to profess that I do, but the other big champion in this weight division, in this minimum weight, is the WBA champion. And he's also a Thai, and yet they've, there's no talk of a unification fight, which kind of baffles me. I think in any other weight division, mm. two guys in the same country were dominating. That have you know, especially if on. one's forty nine and oh, fucking let's get it on at the end of the day. The other guy's name into that before we move on. Mm. Knockout CP Freshmart. That's his name. That's his name. That's his actual name. Knockout. Well, a lot of these ties change their name for sponsors. There used to be an amazing tie fight. I don't know if he's around anymore. Called Three K Battery. His name was like something Three K Battery. No, that's bullshit. Honestly, so they they <clears throat> they're fighting names of of sometimes the name after the gym and sometimes they'll get named after sponsors and that, that, they'll fight as their entire career. 
named after his battery. So I think 3K battery, yeah, he's, I don't know if he's around anymore, but this guy is Knockout CP Freshmart is his fighting name. Okay, yeah. well. we, should, we should do that just for the for the show sponsors, shouldn't we? We should do something like that in order to entice somebody in to come and be a part of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like Adam Dunkin' Donuts or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Change our names. We'll have a bit of that, yeah, part, won't we? You know what I mean? Right, I'll do that, no problem. Nick KFC. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get involved in that. <laughs> we want, we'll have to cash though. Not I, I don't want to be paid in buckets. Mm. No, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to go down that. We need the sponsorship with the one brand that every fucking fighter comes on here and talks about. Mm. Pity, pity, chicken. They do, don't they? Themselves, Nando boys. Exactly. I tell you, who's got uh, deep pockets? Mm-hmm. But well, they might have deep pockets if they get their way. However, I think they need to up their game when it comes to press conferences rather than doing them in a broom cupboard uh, on a random Wednesday afternoon. This Duco. Fucking Duco. What are you doing, lads? You've embarrassed the whole of Australasia with what you did last week. Uh, I'm glad you said Australasia then because all of Australia went, fucking nothing to do with us. Yeah. They're Kiwis, the backwards. Oh, mate. What were they doing? Honest to God. We're going to host a press conference to reveal the ongoing talks with Anthony Joshua. I want everybody to know where we're currently at. We couldn't give a fuck. Just make the fire. Right, what's up exactly. with you? And we're also going to uh, be uh, um, viewing uh, a, a world exclusive video of Anthony Joshua getting dropped by very average opponents. Hashtag never been dropped. If that's your selling point, I mean, every time I see, jo- I love Josie Parker. We speak to him on a regular basis, and he's yeah. a good guy. Yes, but the selling point of the fight is hashtag never been dropped. Come on, man. You probably have. It's just that nobody's got any video footage of you being dropped. Plus, also, on all these things that you've just been selling to me regarding Anthony Joshua being wobbled or being dropped or whatever it may be, here's my take on all this. First of all, Anthony Joshua, professional record, 20 wins, 20 knockouts. Yes, he's been on his ass. Yeah. He got up. He got off. No, oh, against in the, in the sorry, yeah, of He course, got yeah, up yeah. off yeah, his yeah, arse of and beat a man that dominated the heavyweight division for eleven years in probably mm-hmm. that man's best performance yep. for eleven years. Yeah. Dillian White wobbled him. Dillian White got knocked the fuck out. It's as simple <laughs> as that. Then, yeah. if you look at all these amateur um, fight, uh, fight footage, he's an amateur. He's learning the game. Oh, this happened in training. That's what's supposed to happen in exactly. training. I was going to say, not? if Joe Parker's never been knocked over in training, who the fuck is he training with? Exactly. He needs to get better sparring partners Fuck because one God. day he will get knocked over and he won't know what the fuck to do. Mental, absolutely mental press conference. But, you know, the Juco boys like a sniff, don't they? So God only knows what was going on before in the run-up. But if they, you know, if that was your management team, he said, listen, we're going to do a press conference Wednesday, sound. Mm. Why are we announcing the fight? No, no, we're just going to announce that. We're talking to the people that might make the fight. What the fuck are we having a press conference for then? I'll tell you what made me laugh, right? Um, five days before that press conference, they put a press release out saying, we are not taking less than 40%. Yeah. Press conference, five days later, we're not taking less than 35%. <laughs> I'm anticipating one this week that yeah. says, we've done the deal at 30%. <laughs> exactly. Fucking hell. Come on, lads. <laughs> what are you doing? Showing your hand there, yeah. What Honest are you God. doing? Absolutely, what are you doing? To be fair, I would love to see it. Let's get the fight on. I think the fans want to see the fight. I mean, for to put three belts on the line in the heavyweight division, it's a selling point, no question about it. The best yep. of Australasia against the best of yep. uh, the rest of the world. Let's do it. Let's get that fight on. I don't want to see Josie Parker offering a fight to Lucas Brown. I'm going to be honest with you. No. We've been very vocal on that on this particular show. Yep. I think Josie Parker's earned the right to fight uh, Anthony Joshua he's done it the right way end mm-hmm. of the day the belt was vacant he was mandatory challenger he's done it he's defended it fair yeah. play to the kid yeah. he deserves a shot a piece of the pie but as we've said let's get in line exactly. let, let, let's let's have a little bit of realism about what you're worth in this particular fight and let's be honest 30% of an Anthony Joshua fight sorts you for the rest of your life exactly get in there Pretty penny. knock the dude out back yourself back yeah, yourself yeah. get in take 30% knock him out and then take 70 or at and least 50 50 mate, next time, yeah. You, you, more go than to, that. you go to the negotiating table with a f- much stronger hand. With three belts in your hand. And you've just knocked them out. Go on a rematch. Okay. Okay. Vice versa. 70 30. Just flip the contract. Let's please. do it. Yeah. Change the names on the contract. Easy. I know. I know. But the problem is, it, you know, it comes down to do they back themselves? Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, and again, or are they selling their belts? Exactly. You know, are they selling that WBO belt for as much money as possible, knowing full well that Joe Parker's going to get knocked out, that they haven't really got that much confidence in him? Or do they truly believe he can beat Anthony Joshua? And if they truly believe he can beat Anthony Joshua, Mm. man, take the 30% all fucking day. But have it. Just say, okay, we'll take 30%. 
But you know the rematch, and a, a, a million percent. Any Anthony Joshua fight comes with we'll a rematch, rematch. Yeah, yeah. Of course it does, because Anthony Joshua is the golden the golden boy. I would just go, okay, thirty percent. That's fine. We will back down. We'll take thirty percent. But you know this bit here that says rematch. We just want to add the line, flip the contract. So if there is a rematch, we just flip the contract then, and put that back in Eddie Hearn's corner. We'll take thirty because we're going to take seventy next time in the rematch, and we'll take thirty now. And then we'll, then Eddie's got to back AJ. Then Ed, financially, he's got to back himself. Yeah, then yeah. Make them back each other. If you feel like you've been backed into a corner, go, okay, then. When we do the rematch, then we want the lion's share this time. That's only fair. And that, as a fact, from on the outside looking in, that's fair. That sounds fair to Absolutely me. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, one man that wants a piece of uh, some of that uh, money, not the AJ money, but maybe even bigger money. Some mm. of that. Some of that Conor McGregor money. Ooh, Quan. Some serious Quan. Don't know if you noticed that it was it was Thanksgiving last week in uh, the United States of America. A lot mm-hmm. of people do like to give thanks. One man that likes to give thanks, who spent a lot of time in America, he's not American himself, uh, but a, a man that has uh, earned a lot of money out of America is Manny Pacquiao, and he likes uh, he likes to give thanks for very for various things in his life. One of which was a lovely Instagram post that he pinged out there. When you were wishing everybody happy Thanksgiving, why? Put a picture of Conor McGregor on your Instagram uh, feed and say, stay fit, champ. Stay in camp. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Fuck off. If that happens, we've got Oscar De La Hoya chomping at the bit for some Conor McGregor told you, action. Didn't I? I fucking told You've now you. got Manny Pacquiao chomping mm-hmm. at the bit for some Conor McGregor action. Mm-hmm. And listen, we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, on our UFC show this week. But, uh, you know, for me, man, come on. Leave it. Come on. Leave it, yeah? Leave it. We don't, you know. It's done. Leave it. Connor needs to go back and do something he's never ever done before in mixed martial arts. Defend and that's belt. actually defend the belt. <laughs> you know, he needs to do that before he does anything else. But listen, you know, let's not get into Connor McGregor too much. But Manny, fuck's sake, man. leave it. We you know, leave it. Just we, leave it. We totally. know you're after a payday before you sign off to become president of the Philippines. Yeah. And I'll be honest. It's the fucking biggest payday out there, Conor McGregor. Of course he is, because he's such a big pay-per-view star. But, man, that's going to do nothing for your legacy. It's going to do nothing. Mayweather's been there and done it. And in hindsight, he fucking hardly broke a sweat doing it as well. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, we don't need to see Manny do it. We certainly don't need to see a fucking crazy, coked-up Oscar De La Hoya come back to do it at the age of 40-odd as well. It's like, just leave the boy alone. Mm. I anticipate... um Oscar De La Hoya to be on the microphone at some point this weekend because he looks after Miguel Cotto now. Yep. Uh, maybe making uh, noises regarding that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> looking after some McNuggets. Uh, Miguel Cotto, Saddam Ali, um, is on this weekend. Enjoy that. Just a final one from uh, our uh, clothing sponsor. I'm not changing my name to him, by the way. I, d- I don't mind the name, Luke. It's no. quite a decent name. Quite. I'll do it if I can have the surname Skywalker. That sounds good. Nice touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke1977.com is the website. Get yourself on their website and use this code FDLR15. They've got a new range out. They've got a new Christmas range uh, for you. Uh, So get yourself stuck in. You will uh, get yourself uh, 15% off at the checkout there. FDLR15. Luke1977.com is the website. Uh, don't forget, we're available on all social medias at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we haven't asked this for a period of time, actually. If you are new, because we are seeing quite a lot of new people uh, coming along and listening to the show, hopefully you're enjoying this nonsense that we spout out on a week by week basis. And if you are doing, and you're doing it via iTunes, if you would be so kind as to write as a review, that would be brilliant. A little five star review, whack that in there. And uh, tell us what you think of the show, if there's other stuff that you want us to feature and maybe all that could, Maybe you could suggest what names me and Adam could change our names no, to. No, don't do that. Don't do that because I'll get shitloads. Yeah, you will. And it'll only upset That's my ego. It. It'll only upset my ego. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do get involved uh, with that if you can. That'd be great. Much appreciated. Um, we have uh, plenty um, of action coming for you this week. Don't forget the Tony Bell you at home with uh, will be on our Facebook page. Yeah. And of course, we've got our UFC show. And Nick will be back to do the Merseyside specific boxing show available in your feeds on Wednesday morning. So make sure you subscribe via our website, fightdisciples.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.